go. Despite what you do, who you are, just stay true when you grind and go hard. I'm a real go getter, put Columbia on the map. If you think I'm playing, yeah, you think I'm playing. Cause I'ma go hard and I'ma do it for my street. What's going on, everybody? This is the Tribe 44 Podcast presented to you by United Citizens Bank of Southern Kentucky. It's a bank to come home to because it's locally owned and operated. UCB provides the best in customer-first care in Adair County. United Citizens Bank, we do it all right here for the show's intents and purposes. I'm your host, Will Rich, and I am joined here tonight by, in person, rarely happens, but in person, our fearless leader, Clay Turner. Clay, how are you? I'm doing good, but yeah, this is one of the few times we've actually ever done in person. Probably, you can count it on... Our fingers. How many yeah, you, you can count it on one hand how many times we get to do this face-to-face, and it's always a good time, but it's especially a good time when we get to come out and enjoy ourselves at the first home football game of the year. We did this last year. I think we had a better turnout this year than we did last year. I think we did, too. And all we did this time was just mention it. And so... Uh, Seth's cooking. Now, Seth, let me give Seth Dunbar a shout-out because he cooked and that's great the time it. out of some tenderloin. I have yet to have a sandwich yet, Clay, but as soon as we get done here, I'm going to I'm gonna get me one. We've been here for about two hours now. The game is fixing to start. We've got great guests lined up for you tonight. Absolutely wonderful guests. But before we do something a little bit special that we weren't planning, let's uh, go into this first segment. It's brought to you by Downey Eye Clinic. Downey's has been the leader of optometry services in Adair County since 1981, and they are committed to providing the best personalized eye care possible for the people of Columbia. Also, if you're looking to buy or sell real estate, Luke Piles with Next Home Realty Experts is the man to call for all things real estate in Southern Kentucky, residential, commercial, investment properties. He does it all. Give him a call or a text today at 270-378-0405 or message him on any social media platform. And as we speak right now, it sounds like they're announcing the captains. So this is about as live as we'll ever be It is uh, with with some of this. We won't stay on the whole football game because this won't come out for two weeks, and that will be really boring content. But there's a lot of people being recognized today. Yeah, there is. Uh, so we didn't plan this, but here just a second ago, we went ahead and recorded this, but just a second ago, we got to walk over and talk to some of the guys that were being recognized today for Adair County High School football alumni. So this was pre-recorded, so we'll just go ahead and let Seth cut over to that, and uh, we'll join you again here in just a second. And enjoy those interviews. Well, Clay, this was not planned. This wasn't part of what we were going to do today, but since we're tailgating here at the first home game of the season, there were some players, former players over here getting recognized, and we saw somebody that likes to pick fun at you and somebody you work with, and so we want to talk. He's technically my boss right now. Yeah, he's your boss. the past, is a week and a half? And so. Two weeks. So I've had my boss on here, Wes Irvin. Now you're going to have your boss on here, and uh, we're going to. We're just going to see how many of these guys. I don't. I don't know who. We'll talk to Mike Snead here in just a second and see who all is being recognized over here and uh, at this tailgate. But Mike Curry, Mike, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? You might have to get just. A, you might have to hold that one. That one likes to get out of the way. We're doing good. So tell us what uh, what we've walked up on over here. Well, Mike Snead uh, has put together a reunion of former players, and I think he done it for the '80s. But we've got some guys that are here, coaches that were coaching in the 70s. We've got some players that played in the 70s, and we've got some players that played even later on after the 80s. So it's been a nice little event tonight. I want to thank Mike uh, Sneed and his crew for putting this together. And when did you play? I actually played in uh, 
I played my junior and senior year, which would have been 82 and 83. I didn't play football my first two years of high school, but uh, I'd played all the way up through middle school, but I didn't play football my first two years, and I played in, uh, like I said, 82 and 83. And he was actually the quarterback, right? My junior year. Junior year. Yeah. Yeah. How, how I, good I was, of a passer were you? Well, I could throw the ball a long way, but I, I, I wasn't. I, I wasn't very mobile. I didn't. I couldn't. I couldn't move my feet very quick, and had trouble uh, getting rid of the ball before I'd get sacked. Were you a? Uh, did you love to go deep, or was you a dink and dunk type? Well, guy? we didn't pass the ball a whole lot. So. <laughs> and who was your coach at the time? Uh, Mike Kenniger was my coach uh, my junior year, and then my senior year was the first year that Jim Moss uh, took over. And he and uh, Dean Adams, which is here tonight, along with Sam Bivens. And ran away from the mic. He wouldn't talk to us. Uh, were, was our Cousin coaches. Dean wouldn't talk and, to me. Uh, <laughs> Sam and Jim have both passed and uh, thought a lot of those guys. They were very good guys. And uh, But uh, but we had, we had a good time. Uh, I'll just tell you, my junior year, we were probably the worst or – one of the five worst teams in the state. Hey. <laughs> I was on a one-win team, so I can't say that. I won one game in two years. Well, so. <laughs> hey, at least you won one. Yeah. It yeah, could be worse. That's right. But uh, thank you guys for all the work you all do. And, uh, again, I want to thank Mike Sneed. I think you all are going to talk to him. Yeah, yeah. we're going to get him over here, Mike, if you want to. Head over this way. Thank you, Mike Curry. Now we're talking to uh, middle school girls basketball, girls basketball coach. coach, Mike Sneed. And I've, got, were, I've got a question for him to see if he remembers this. He was actually my Little League basketball coach one year. Yes, that's true, Clay. I'm not sure if we uh, we lost a turn, Clay, did we? I don't think we did. That was Clay Turner. It was, me and, it was me and Alex Tooley were on yeah. the same team somehow. We, we had a really good run. We, we went somewhere every weekend trying to find somebody to, to play us, but – Nobody, nobody yeah, we, could get it done. We were we were pretty successful. So, Mike, what year did you graduate? I graduated in 86. 86. What position? I was a receiver and cornerback. Uh, I tell everybody my only claim to fame is being a punter and a kicker. That's my, my two things. <laughs> so you was a punter and kicker? That's me. That's my close one. I still don't think they've had nobody to beat me yet, but they might could now. Getting a little, my legs getting a little, won't go very high no more. Now, was you a did, – so did y'all kick PATs? Yes. So how were, how would you grade yourself as a kicker in high school? Well, PAT sounds good. I did miss a few field goals, but now PAT, I was okay. We may have to pause for the national anthem here. Coach, if you could tell us a little bit about uh, what led you to organize this event that you got going on and tell us about some of the people that, that are here with us today. Well, uh, it's something, you know, it's long overdue. We should uh, already done some of this. So a lot of my coaches, you know, Coach Aaron, Coach Mollis, Coach Henniger, and Coach Bivens, you know, they've already you know, passed on and wish we could have done this a little sooner. And uh, we'll try to have another one. We uh, stopped at 86 there. Coach Beck came in 87. We talked about, you know, I'll call Coach Beck. We might be do 87 up. But we might do the next one, maybe just do all yeah. grades. Because this year is the 50 years of football, 72 to 2022. we got some, you know, Coach Moore and Coach Kreitz is here. Coach Adams is here. And then we have uh, Ricky Groves. we got several come in here. A lot of them are local people. Ricky's my dad's age, I Rick, think. Ricky's yeah. your age. Great running. we got several thousand. Jamie Hadley, we got several thousand yard rushers here. And, uh, of course, like uh, Mike said, you know, we, uh, even through the years, you know, we had one year there or two, we passed. Bill Robbie Shelton's here, you know, one of the pass catch leaders uh, left. And uh, Henry Graves is here. Uh, good turnout. Pleased with it, you know, first year. And, uh, you know, not only this sport, you know, we, we need to do a better job with all the sports. Uh, we need to really come together and have a lot of events for everybody and uh, try to get some of these people in. 
Absolutely. Well, Coach, we appreciate you taking the time to explain that to us, and and uh, thank you very much, and I hope you enjoy the game. Thank you. Clay, I thought that was really interesting. Coach Sneed was right. We need to do that more with the other sports as yeah. well. And like I said, Coach Sneed, my goodness, he's coached literally every. He's done so much of their kind. Yeah. Him and Steve Martin have a competition on who's coached more. You got some good off-air questions with him. Yeah, and talked about talked to him about the girls' middle school team that he coaches and everything. And it surprised me that football was his favorite sport. Yeah, it was. That surprised me too. But he did say he. Had, Football is his favorite sport, but he enjoys coaching basketball. Yeah, I've always known him as the basketball coach. I know he coached middle school football for yeah. a year or two maybe at one time. But, yeah, a lot. He said there were several thousand-yard rushers. The receptions record was sitting over there until it was broken Yeah, uh, just a- recently, last last 10 years or so it was broken. And uh, it's awesome to get the opportunity to get to talk to people like that. Mike Curry's always willing to – talk to us and help us out so we really appreciate them doing that as well but without further ado let's go ahead and get into the planned interviews my lovely wife likes to throw curveballs at us let's just say i'm in a nutshell and we're being passed now by the uh, ems but speaking before we get into this clay the ems reminded me we're going to do this several times over the course of this episode but if people will remember as the team is running out of the tunnel right now so if you hear some weird background noise that's because the team is running out but if you remember back at the Ask the Tribe uh, episode that we did at the end of the season, a question was raised if you could jump oh, a hurdle yeah. a hurdle, and both of us said, yes. yes, one hurdle that we can do it. Well, my wife, my wonderful wife, called Bull on that on and, both. S- and said neither one of us could jump one hurdle. And she was right on one and she was wrong on the other. And so we have we've discussed this for months now. It has come to a head tonight. Coach Ryan McQuarrie has brought a hurdle. Why he had it? Yeah, that's he said for baseball stuff. But I still I'm not really sure. What the only I'm, thing that I, and I might be wrong. There's there's a couple things. There could be something with hitting with like a drive line. I could be totally wrong. That might be the old way of teaching stuff. And then if you lowered it, because when he got it out of the truck, it was lowered. Now, I wonder if that's not like a tall and fall kind of deal yeah, set up for pitchers. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? They're talking about my band days behind yeah. me, Clay. Yeah, talking They're talking about my band days. And I will go ahead and apologize to Tom Case and Tim Allen because there were times that I just kind of fiddled my fingers and, and pretended to do that. So that long, dramatic pause was because I heard Jeff Dunbar talking, talking about me behind me. But... When he first got out of the car, that hurdle was lower. It was, and I thought, "Cause you weren't here, you weren't here when it first when he first pulled it out." And I thought, "There's no way I can't do that." And then, then he raised it. He raised it, and the doubt started to creep in. For those of you that don't know, a hurdle is 42 inches tall. It's a lot uh, on a five foot eight human being. That's above the belly button. It is. And Clay, why don't you go ahead and tell us the results of the hurdle jumping that we did here at the high school football game? Not only did Will Rich do it, he did it three times. I did it three times. <laughs> I attempted even wasn't even forty two. It was probably I don't know thirty. I would say thirty six. And I did not do it. Which, I, and I, I'll tell you what was most impressive about Will is he had looked like he'd done it his whole life. That his hurdling technique and everything looked perfect. But yeah, Will Rich did it not just once, not just twice, but three times. I had to prove the haters wrong because Clay, you weren't here, but there was not a soul. I would say out of the, I would say there was probably at one point twenty-five people standing around here. 
there was probably 25 people standing around here at first and none of them thought that I could do it. So we've had a our first play has just happened. I don't know if it was a big really hit nice, or we had a really nice return it looked like. So a great return. You know last year when we were doing this, we had a return fumble return for a touchdown on the first play. So maybe we're just good luck while we yeah. sit here and do this. So let's go ahead and get into our planned interviews for the night now that we do know that I was able to jump a hurdle. Tonight, Clay, we're killing several birds with one stone right here. We're going to talk to Mr. Robbie Harmon and Mr. Steve Burton. We've got some Hall of Fame Little League coaches here. We've got some football coaching experience, some football playing experience, and some golf coaching. Mr. Burton, you were actually requested last year. I want you to know a former golfer of yours, Daniel Rary, uh, requested that we have you on and talk to you for a little while. So you're one of like five people that have been requested to actually be on the show. So. So, I feel privileged. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> uh, nobody asked for yeah, nobody's asked Robbie, for Robbie yet, but I don't blame him. <laughs> but we, we're very excited to have you both. How are you all doing tonight? We're very good. Doing great. Doing great. Good. Um, well, if you all have listened to the show before, I typically get out of the way, and Clay does most of the interview, and then in this setup, I'll just steal the mic from you when it's time for me that to say something. That sounds good. So, fellas, y'all were coaching the Little League All-Stars. What was that experience like, and did it kind of take you back to when you guys played? Well, at the, at the end of the day, Steve and I have been together a long time with coaching these guys, you know. So, I mean, and I'm saying five, six years, four or five years coaching. Uh, so, yeah, it took us back to, to when we were small and when we hung around in high school and ran around and played baseball and the whole thing but but at the end of the day it was about those kids and and that group of boys and that group of parents that that one district as a group of 10 year olds and then had that opportunity again as 12 year olds that was pretty that was pretty cool yeah i, I agree it was uh it was it's been one of the best four or five years uh you know of my life dealing with those kids and, and coach Harmon. and we you know we become like a family i mean that was the good thing about this group is you know, I know that's a cliche that everybody uses, but man, when it, when it when it's real, it's fun. You know, we had we had other guys too. You know, Adam Adam Darnell and and Kevin Robertson uh, the past few years, and, and Drew Burwash, and you know, I mean, th- those guys. At some point in life, you've got to find those relationships, and that's what we taught our kids: is you, these are going to be things you remember forever, not just for the next few months. And uh, so, so that was pretty cool. What's it like coaching your sons, too? I'm sure that has to be a little special as well. Well, I will say that me and Mr. Harmon kind of have a unique take on that. Let's just say I think I'm a pretty decent coach to everybody else's kids. I'm terrible with my own. So we had a rule where I don't coach my kid and he don't coach his when it's those times. We just looked at each other and we knew the look and get him or whatever it takes and and that seemed to work for us. For the most part, we I never went to a mound visit with my son and he never went to a mound visit. And we decided and we talked about this one of the last tournaments that we played. Baseball is a little more fun when your son's not pitching because you tore all to pieces. But we wouldn't have had it any other way. But that, yeah, that's exactly right. We had those kind of un, unwritten rules. Well, I was going to ask for some advice because mine just started t-balling the other day. He sat in the floor and told me, he said, I don't like playing with you. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, why? And he said, well, because I just want to play and you want to fix everything. <laughs> so so I, can, I can see the beginning stages, but at a, at a competitive level, we're going to have to come up with something. I may have to have old Seth Dunbar come in and coach my kids for me. I think it's a great idea. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, now we're going to talk about a little bit different 
Steve, of course, you coached golf. I did. Robbie, you coached football. Mm-hmm. So what part of that was your favorite Mo- moment, or what was it about it that just really uh, something you really remember? Uh, well, for me, we I, I was lucky enough to coach golf for four years, and I was I had tremendous players. I mean, I don't want to call single any of them out because, I mean, I had 10 or 12 that were just terrific golfers. But uh, without a doubt, the memory that stands out to me first was when we hosted Region, and uh, Derrick Henney had never went to the state before in golf. And we, as a team that year, had a goal, of course, to, to, to get to state, and we set a goal of 300 and as a team scorer. And we made a bet with uh, a kid named Kobe Roberts. <laughs> and if we won and went to state, Kobe, and it was kind of cool that day, but Kobe said that he would jump in the lake out there at time. <laughs> so we made a putt on the last hole to shoot 299. And we went to the state tournament for the first time, and Kobe jumped in the pond. <laughs> I can't follow that one. I mean, you know, mine's serious. Mine's the relationships, and the, and, you know, and now getting to see some some of the guys I coached and see them grow up and become great, great, great community members. You know, when it comes to mine's Mike Staten. I mean, just just a great guy. You know, great great player, but but an even better person, and now dad and community leader. Uh, you know, th- there are just hundreds of those relationships. I didn't have anybody jumping in uh, in the lake. Uh, uh, that would've been much more entertaining. We never went to state. Uh, matter of fact, I was a terrible offensive coordinator in the Hound Mummy days. So, um, but we would uh, we, we ran a lot of formations in about three plays. So, you know, Jared Young and and, and some of those guys. I, you know, I hate to call out names, but you know, Chris Caldwell. I got in as he was finishing. You know, he was a such a pleasure to watch him grow as a player and as a, as as a friend. And then I got to coaching for three years. So, you know, yeah, I don't have one thing, but this those relationships. Now you see those guys out doing great things, raising their sons and daughters, and it's just it, it's nice to see that. You know, you're talking about the coaches on that Lily All Star. A lot of the, y'all are about around the same age as well. Who's the best athlete today? Today? Today oh, of y'all. It's kind of hard to go against Coach Burwash. I mean, he was a professional <laughs> athlete. So, uh, and we remind him of that quite often. Yeah, so we, you know, we, we, we like to think that we have our moments, but uh, I think when it all shakes down, we got to give the nod to Coach Burwash. <laughs> I don't think there's – I think that's undisputed. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll try to be modest, but he'll even tell you. Yeah, it's Drew Burwash. He's the only one that played a sport for money at some point in his life. Exactly. Okay. Is it more nerve-wracking watching your kids play or when you remember playing yourself? Oh, that's hands down when your kids play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a nervous wreck. They made fun of me. We were over in a district tournament and uh, out there, and I said – we were calling a first and third play. So Coach Harmon is trying to give me the signal to give to the kids, and I finally had to just say, look, I can only do one thing at a time. That's call pitches. Y'all got to take this. <laughs> but to be fair to him, his son was getting ready to throw a complete game, you know. Yeah. So, so yeah, he was a little nerve-wracking, and I was in his ear saying, Coach, he's got 14 pitches before he pitches out. You know, and we have one more inning left. So, uh, without a doubt, watching your son or your daughter play. My daughter was a cheerleader, and, you know, I knew how, how nervous she got. And, and and my other daughter's on academic team. But before they go to be, I mean, it's just nervous. It's, it's a different kind of nervous knowing that you can't control what they're doing, but they're prepared and they're, they've worked hard for this moment. It's weird how that works. I remember when I played, I didn't feel like I was that nervous. 
But, like, and I haven't had any kids, but my dad, when he covers girls basketball, like, close games, I used to go to the bathroom and just stay there because, like, I didn't want to see the, the end. So you feel the pain. Yeah, I feel yeah, it. Yeah. And of course, it's my father, but still, it's weird, that dynamic, because. Yeah, it's something about when you don't have any control. You don't have control because you can't, when you're a player, good or bad, you have control. Right. Where you're watching, it's all up to them, yep. and you just have to react to it. And, yep. and we tell kids, guys, don't let the moment be too big. Enjoy it. And then we're over in the dugout, tore up like a soup sandwich. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah we, we do not take our own advice. <laughs> What's your favorite story from being around at Dare County Athletics? Wow, that was one you could have sent us earlier in the week <laughs> yeah. and really thought about. To be fair, that's Seth's job. Okay. So, okay, so I, if you're I, I mad, think I have one. Okay, good Okay, deal. before I say that, Dunbar was in charge of the pork chops, but he did not get that text out. <laughs> hey, as good as those pork chops are, we're going to give him a break on that one. Soph, I got a good sophomore year. I just kind of a funny story. Sophomore year, I'm at shortstop. We're playing Wayne County. A guy named James Sloan is up to bat. Mike Scott was pitching, and Mike turns around literally before he throws the first pitch to him and looks at me and winks and goes, Bert, watch how far this goes. He literally threw the first pitch, and guys, if you look tonight, you may still see that ball going around the moon somewhere. You know, I've heard stories about Coach Scott knowing exactly when a ball was about to get hit out off of him. I don't know if it's the same story, but I do know a good story that Seth might have to cut out, but Scott threw a pitch, and <laughs> as soon as he threw it, he just yelled a, a four-letter word, and then it was gone. Yeah. Uh, that may have been against Camelfield. I, I may have been on the field for that one. He just didn't predict that one like he did. Yeah. It was a little bit later, yeah. Awesome. Well, Coach Harmon, you were on some of the first football teams that really had success around here in Adair County. So you played for Coach Peck. That's I'm right in saying that, yes, right? And, yes. and uh, so we always like to ask any of Coach Peck's players if you have any good Coach Peck stories. Well, there are several, but most of them incriminate me as a very immature freshman and sophomore. Um, I always say that Coach Peck was that guy that he's that in that time he was not an old school coach, but he was the one that 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 you trusted. You know, he would get in your face. He he expected the best out of you. I started as a sophomore on on a very very good team, and I, I was not very good. And I was not very strong, but he just he got the best out of people, and he. He ran what he ran, and, and you hear a lot of people talk about his offense, but it was successful. You know, it, it wasn't flashy. It was just, you know, we had 10 or 12 plays. We, we ran a 4-4 gap defense. He just got the best out of his players. The one thing I will say is is he yelled at me a lot, uh, and, 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 but I do think I probably deserved every bit of it. <laughs> I played for Peck. He was my defense coordinator for two years, and uh, Peck is one of my favorite people to play for, but he also – in, a, in five seconds can get as angry as anyone I've ever seen. Yes. I mean, you say flip a switch, and that's cliche. Yeah. And no, he flip a switch. And I will tell you the funny story, and Jerry Moore coached here in, in, the, in the early 90s. And Jerry Moore was a really, really good friend of the family, was a great guy. He's a good friend to this day. But one day he walked over and he grabbed my face mask and he squalled in my face. And I really, it was just, he was just, he was just playing around. And I flinched and I busted his front teeth out with my face mask. So there's a good story. Now, that's not a Peck story, but that's a Jerry Moore story and it's the truth. That's a really good story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is something that you guys like that you don't think the 
most people would think about you guys? Some, a hobby or something that you guys enjoy that not many people would guess about you guys? That, that's a that's a tough one. I'll let, I'll let Steve off the hook on this. Of course, I love to fish and um, I love to, 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 to be outdoors. Uh, but I will tell you that the one thing that I, that I love to do probably more than anything is coach. Um, and it's not for the money. It's not – it's just to see see that light turn on in those young men and young women's heads. I mean, it's it's just that that's me. I mean, that's I love to teach. I love to to watch them overcome that that fear or that moment. And we've talked about that. And we talk about that with nine and ten year olds. And then as twelve and thirteen year olds, wait just a minute, they got it. You know, so so that's that that's me to the team. And I'm I'm always looking for that teachable moment, even in moments where it's tough or, or, or somebody's struggling. That, you know, that, that's just me. You know, it's not that – and I do attendance and I do truancy and stuff now. It's still a teachable moment. Guys, why do you want you to come to school? It's not about funding. It's not – it's about you building a better life for you and your family someday. So, we're, I'm just always looking for that teachable moment. Cool. That's pretty deep. I don't think I can go that deep. Uh, hey, you got me on the other one, so I, okay. I just tried to one-up you on one, that one. Is it one-one? All right. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to say I love to rabbit hunt. I absolutely love to rabbit hunt. I love fooling with dogs, and I like that whole experience. So uh, mine, that's my hobby. So I got the pleasure of umpiring in the league that you all have coached in for a couple of years, and I apologize for that. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> you both are very – at least with me in the local games, you were both very mild-mannered. And, you know, I coach softball, and I got thrown out of a game. So I got to ask you all, which one of the two of you is the most likely to get a little fired up and maybe get in a little bit of trouble? I'm going to defer and see what he says. Because I've known this guy all my life. And I'm so, so, so now that we're 47 oh, and 46 and 48 and 46, I'm going to see his answer if he would lie on me. Let, let, let me let me preface this. Here we go. Neither one of us has ever got through out that I'm aware of. No, and I don't see it happening, uh, but I just want to know which. But it's probably got to be me. I guess. <laughs> it's got to be me. As bad as I hate to say it, it's got to be me. I will tell you at the district, in the first game of the district, the, the umpire, I made a call that none of us agreed with. I was the one that had to step out on the field and get Coach Steve and Coach Drew back in the dugout. So, so I knew the head coach was the first one that went. I was and just I trying to get Coach Drew back, though. Yeah. I was just trying to get Coach Drew And he calls pitches, something I cannot do. So I knew that he couldn't get thrown out, so I, I, I took the brunt. But, yeah, I, I've seen Mr. Steve get upset a few times, but neither one of us are going to get too sideways. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so, really. What about long-winded? Everybody's got a long-winded coach of your staff. Who's who's the long-winded coach? That goes to the professional athlete, Drew Burwell. <laughs> he will preach a sermon, and sometimes he says, hey, coach, it's getting dark. They cut the lights off. Like, the college coach comes out in. <laughs> and you know he gets deep when he starts talking. He gets philosophical, and uh, I start tearing up and Googling words. And, and yeah, that, that, I, I, Steve may disagree, but I'm saying no, that's Drew. No, no, because then you, we, we started getting those kids look like, Coach, he's almost done. <laughs> All right, what about – let's talk about your players here for a second. What about uh, the funniest kids that's not your own? Because I think, I think Jay would – if he couldn't find anything funny to say, he'd keep trying until he until he found something. Caden doesn't talk as much. No. <laughs> but uh, who on your uh, state tournament run, who's the funniest kid on those teams? Uh, let's see, that's a good 
that's you know, tough that's a tough one because we had so many really nice personalities but but like zane greer zane comes zane? to mind because zane is <laughs> yeah. always he's always he's a typical catcher uh you know he, he's always the shirt's a little untucked he's he you know he gets dirty he don't care to and he's always smiling. He just loves the game. You know, Zane probably gets the nod for me because he's always looking. He's always looking for an extra base, and he's always looking for for, for you know to, to to get that throw. But man, he's he's just a hilarious kid and always having fun. So I'm gonna go with Zane Greer. Yeah, I'm gonna go probably Zane one and probably Kip Dow one a for me. So yeah, they were. Uh, but I, you know, you asked earlier, and I do want to say this. That's what made this whole thing so enjoyable was that we didn't have one child on that team that you had to, to discipline or you had to worry about was, man, they are just, they are great ball players, but I promise you they are even better kids. Yeah, and we always worried about, I mean, we live in a small town. We, we work in the school system. Uh, Drew works at the college. Uh, you know, Adam is, is a community leader. So so we talk about, for, we try to be upfront with parents and, and, and kiddos. Hey, guys, there's no guaranteed starting pitchers. There's no, some catchers and first basemen will get to go to the outfield. Those Doritos look really good. But <laughs> we had a delivery come in. <laughs> we'll. Um, but, but, you know, we, we never had that. I mean, I'm sure there were some kids that were disappointed, but it was a bigger picture thing. You know, mamas and daddies, I'm sure they were disappointed. And when they got in the car, they talked about it, but it never showed these are great kids, great families, great teammates. And it was, it was, it was just, I mean, man, I just get cold just thinking about it, but it was super to coach those guys for four or five, six years. At what age, or this may still be going on, did you quit competing against your kids? So, like, one-on-one in basketball or – Football. Oh, okay. let's, so do you still continue? Hey, let's, let's clear. It never quit. All right. We hit the court or we hit the – like uh, my son, my 12-year-old plays in the travel ball tournament tomorrow in Harrisburg. So we went and hit this afternoon. I got to tell you, I snuck a few curveballs in on him when he didn't know it. And I let him – I reminded him that he didn't get close. <laughs> yeah, it's just now starting because with football, I mean, we're in – I like a four-point stance. Jay likes a three, so we're, we're we're debating that in the middle of the living room, and Toby's fussing at us. You know, there's there's figurines dancing on the on the mantle. So now it's just now beginning because I don't I won't hurt him, and maybe he'll hurt me now. <laughs> now, Coach Burton, I've heard through the grapevine that you have a very unique style of discipline. If your kids get into it, uh, oh no! <laughs> Is this confession time? <laughs> well. Yes. I guess you want me to explain. I, I would love that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, let's just say that my two, my two youngest boys, my oldest son, Kyle, uh, man, you know, I, I don't know if he just didn't have those siblings, but he was good as gold. Hallie, my daughter, you know, just, hey, she's a typical teenager, but gives, gives me no problems. My two boys, <laughs> they fight like cats and dogs. And nothing was working. So I adopted this theory. And I hope this doesn't get me charged with <laughs> But now they don't get in trouble for fighting. Whoever cries first gets in trouble. So, hey, I, I don't care who starts it. I don't care. But if you cry, you're the one gets in trouble. And it's actually worked because my littlest one is mean enough 
that he knows if he sneaks up behind him and hits him in the head with something, he's probably going to cry, and he's not going to get <laughs> So they're both scared of each other. So it's kind of worked out. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. That wasn't what I was talking about. Oh, <laughs> I am, I am, That's even better. This is going to be I think there was a story of your boys getting into it, and then to, as punishment they had to go hit. I think there was a video or something that they said that they had to go hit or now, something like listen, that. That has nothing to do with me. That is my wife. She, hey, that is all on her. I was trying to be the voice of reason during that, and I lost. So. After the first story, he, he recovers. I was going to yeah. be the voice of reason. Yeah. 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 But don't that's, cry. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to have one more question for you, Clay, if you come up with one more. So we'll both have one more for you. My last one is through all this, through all of your coaching experience with golf, football, this little league, what are you most proud of? For me personally, it's the relationships that I've built with the coaches and it's the relationship that we built with the kids. Because I can tell you that um, there's a lot of special moments with that group. But probably the most special moment for me is not what most people would think because it was the 20 minutes after we lost our final game in the state tournament and we go sit down under a couple shade trees and we've got 12-year-old boys hugging, crying, patting each other on the back, saying thank you, saying actually hurt I love you. That to me and I get coaches right now, uh, that's what it's about. That's when you take a step back and go, you know, we did a decent job with these kiddos. Uh, so that's that's for me. I will, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say that as well. But now I will go, and I think Steve agrees as well, this just happened to deal with, with kids that, that, that we – that we've seen for four, five, six years. That's the same thing with his with his his, his teams of his golf teams of, of years past, and and the, and the teams that we coached in football. It's that relationship. It's watching those kids grow up. I will tell you, I am a crier, so I will admit that right here. And I don't have to admit it. There's pictures and video of it. <laughs> I cried like a baby when we lost. Not because we lost, but because we knew that that was going to be the last time that those guys stepped on that little league field. And the biggest thing I'll say is that he's, I mean, there's pictures of those 12-year-old boys, you know, that, that, that worry about how their hair look and worry about their uniform. And they didn't care if they were cool when they were hugging another uh, another coach or, or, or taking a picture, you know. Hey, guys, can we get a picture? And I know there were four grown men that night that had developed a relationship, and we took a picture as well. And it, it'll be hanging on my wall before too long. It's pretty cool stuff. My last question for you guys is going to be about the players. If you guys were in an escape room, you had to pick three players to be with you. To Who are you picking out. to get out? Who do you think can get you out of that room? So I can pick from anybody? Pick from all the players, but you got, can only pick three. Okay. I, I'm going to take um, I'm going to take uh, Jay, my son, because if we're going down, we're going down together. <laughs> I'm going to take Graham Robertson because he's one of the – He's one of the, when we play paintball with him, he is one of the sneakiest, <laughs> most conniving kids, and he will shoot you in the back of the head in a heartbeat. And then I'm gonna go Matt Keltner because Matt Keltner will build a device that will that would get us out of there. He would he would weld something. He would he used to drive a Chevette and, and these little rides to to practice. And we're like, how does this thing make it here? So I know if he can make those cars get to practice on time and, and ride that motorcycle to practice for years, then he can get us out of an escape room. So there's a there's my three. Jay Harmon, 
Kevin, uh, um, Graham Robertson and um, Kelton. I'm going to go old school. I'm going to go back to my golfing days. I'm going to pick Van Giles because he is the brains behind what we're getting ready to do. I'm going to pick Daniel Rary because Daniel is the one that is going to be whispering in the corner. And if the plan don't work, I'm following Daniel. And let's see. I'm going to go. Here's a, here's a shot in the dark. Alex Durham. Because Alex Durham uh, has got the inner bulldog. He's very quiet, but I can tell you it's turning inside him and he wants to beat your brains in. There's, there's so, a lot of high IQs on that team, I'm telling you. Yeah, another high IQ. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you all so much for spending time with us. We, there's probably 100 other places you could be tonight with this football game fixing to start, but you chose to spend 20 minutes with us, and we appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, thank you for everything you've done for the county, both of you. You both serve in capacities that help a lot of kids in the school system, and, and you, when you're not with the school system, you're spending a lot of time coaching and helping kids. So we really do appreciate that uh, so much. And before we let you go, Robbie, I don't think you were up here yet, but um, Mr. Burton, can you please – let everybody know that I was able to Absolutely. jump a 42-inch hurdle. Yes. I, and, guys, I'm telling you, it's 42, but it looks like 86 oh. to me. <laughs> I mean, and done it gracefully, I might add. He did it three times. I tried once, and I didn't probably even get 25. But to so, your credit, I did feel the wind pick up yeah, when you started. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> it, was that, it was that head wind. You got it. <laughs> Well, now that we have that uh, in the record books and it's recorded forever, we will know that I did do that. And thank you all again. We appreciate you, and we'll uh, talk to you all again soon. Thanks, guys. We appreciate thank you. Guys. Cloud, just go ahead and tell you, I absolutely loved having Coach Burton and Coach Harmon on the show together. I thought that was awesome. Oh, they did them. They were awesome, and I really enjoyed uh, just listening to them and everything. You know, they did talk so well with each other, and you can see how they were successful as a coaching group. Oh, yeah, the, the camaraderie that they had with one another and the other coaches, it just seemed like a great time. You know, I did get to be the umpire in that group, and so I got to see them a lot twice a week there for a couple of years. And it is – there's – when they speak about the relationships and the things that they had with their with their players, that's not coach speak for them. That's really how they went about their business on a day-to-day basis, and it, it it's something to be admired. And you can tell how much it means to them. It does mean a lot to them. And, you know, me as a, as a t-ball coach coming through, I, I look at their coaching it with those 12-year-olds. And back when they were 10-year-olds as well was the last couple times that I umpired. And I kind of aspired to be similar to – their coaching styles and the way that they kind of ran that league and, and, and stuff like that because it was really their environments that can be toxic and I don't really know what the opposite of that is but uh, their environment that they had created has kind of flourished there for their kind of league. You know, obviously this is a very simple thing to say but honestly the, the word that comes to mind it's just such a happy lovable atmosphere. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this last segment is brought to you by Jeffrey's Hardware. Jeffrey's is known to have what you need for your next project. Milwaukee Power Tools, Porter Paint, Rental Center. Absolutely, they've got it all. So go see the folks at Jeffrey's Hardware, the friendly hardware store. That word, those two words together are just it's in my head. I'm Rental glad you do it and not me. Center. Those, those get me because Seth has made it well known to me that I, I stumble over those words and now I, I really struggle every time. 
Well, we're going to uh, hop off here. All of our interviews have been great. Thank you to everybody that jumped on. We're going to watch this game against Camelsville. It looks like we've just got a, another first down, or our first first down of the game, it looks like. And so, you know, if we we always want to hear from you. So if you like the show, you have suggestions, or you just want to give us a shout-out, we're on Twitter at the Tribe 44 Podcast, Instagram under the same handle, and Facebook, as well as on the county line at adair-russell.com. And that's where you can go and find the latest updated scores and schedules for the Adair County Indians and Lady Indians Athletics. Well, Clay... Who do we got next on the schedule? Because while we're recording, we're playing Camelsville. So we've already recorded the episode where we played Berea. Who's after that? Camelsville, Berea, and then it is my rehearsal dinner night. And that is that's Clinton County. At, at Clinton, Clinton County. County. At Clinton County. So I, we, we look for a win at Clinton. Am I, am I right there? Are they we No, they pass a lot, but I think that will be one. If we handle our business, I think we will have a great shot to win. And it, honestly, if we play well, we could win by a good amount. Now, we, we saw a Russell County offense that passed a lot as well. Am I wrong there? Yeah, We're, Russell, Russell, threw it, prob, Russell threw it more than any team will face. Yeah, and, you know, honestly, we didn't do a bad job defensively against them. There were just some mistakes here and there in the Russell County game that kind of did us in. Yeah. But defensively, if you go just strictly look at the numbers, defensively we didn't have a bad game. And I think we even uh, – Braden Coomer picked up his first career interception in that one. So Defensively we played really well. Offensively we, we moved the ball some, but we really had some costly turnovers. Three, yeah. and as I just speak, council game, we just had a fumble and we just lost right there. So hopefully we uh, – Turnovers will not be a big issue this game because turnovers can just kill you in high school football at any level of football. So even though it was a team that beat you, you have some experience against a team that passes the football a lot, and that's not something that you see a whole lot in the high school football game. So I'm looking for a win over at Clinton County this week. Good luck to the Indians. I don't know really what's going on in the volleyball schedule. I think we open up district play pretty soon, and good luck to them and to golf moving forward well if you don't have anything else clay this has been the tribe 44 podcast don't forget to hit subscribe on your preferred method of listening just to make sure that you never miss any content and we will talk to y'all later let's go despite what you do who you are just stay true when you got and go hard i'm a real go-getter put columbia on the map if you think i'm playing yeah you think i'm playing because i'm gonna go hard and i'm gonna do it for my street